Welcome back to Rerouting When Life Takes a Turn, where our mantra is sharing releases shame. We are back with my favorite return missionary, sharing all the shit from his mission. We're going to get into the good, so much good, and the... The brainwashing. Of it. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to cover in a little bit of time, so let's get into it. What have you got for me today? Uh, a lot. Okay. Let me just say I'm super impressed with the amount of research and you've, you've put an outline together. Like you're my son. So <laughs> I'm smiling like a really big smile. Like the audio, the audio people can't see it, but I'm smiling. very. Big you're right my now. son and it shows with the Google doc. So I think the thing that came across to me the most sitting here listening to the, the whole experience is you wouldn't have been able to get this experience anywhere else. And I think that part you really value, right? You know, a whole language, you lived in a different country, you know, you lived on your own. Like there were a lot of unique things about going on a mission that you value. I mean, but one thing that keeps standing out to me and probably will some more is how much they micromanage your existence while you're on your mission. And I mean, to be fair, they do that quite a bit just to their regular members. Mormons do. I mean, and this is going to sound extreme for people who are in, but really we are told what to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, what not to drink, you know, how to dress, what to wear, what not to wear, what to watch, what not to watch. I mean, like what to spend our money on. Really? I mean, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Quote unquote you don't have to, you know, you but don't God would have be disappointed to do that. If you did. Right. But, but you kind of do if you want to be a a true believing Mormon and go to the temple. If you want that hundred percent, like, I mean, who wouldn't want blessings? Yeah. And so, doing this would give you more blessings and who doesn't want more blessings? So do more to right. get more blessings. But the Mormon micromanaging is like on steroids when you're on your mission. <laughs> and I think that's the one thing where I'm like, wow. I mean, I knew, I knew that that's how they did, but like hearing all of the details of it, I'm just like, oh, oh okay. You are in for a treat. You are the totally I'm the never mo in yeah, this episode. Yeah, you're the never mish. <laughs> the never missionary. All right. So we left off. I think I said I was going to talk about the lessons. Mm -hmm. It's the staple of every missionary's life are the th three core lessons. I, I say three core lessons because the fourth one, I know a lot of missionaries out there will agree. You never get to the commandments and we all know it's true. Come on, guys. We never oh, really? To, yeah, we never get to the commandments unless someone is going to be baptized because no one ever makes it that far, at least from my oh. experience on the mission. Okay, so you only cover that if somebody commits to a baptism. Well, there's day. no point of doing it otherwise. You know, the restoration is what makes the church different. And so we were taught on our mission to always make the restoration the first lesson and the key. Everything leads to the restoration if you didn't mm -hmm. cover it already. So, Because then th the clencher, right, is... We have the true church, yep. right? Because we're the only right ones on the earth. Were you ever taught the the restoration lesson from the missionaries or read the pamphlet? When I was married to your dad, I encouraged him to take the discussions because he was he had promised that he was going to take the discussions before we got married, and he never did. And actually, I almost I was so close to calling off our wedding because I had told him and I was bugging him about it. And I was like, you said you're going to take the discussions. Cause I was like, 
this is the one thing that I really want before we get married. And he was like, yeah, I can totally do that. So then I would ask him, hey, did you reach out to the missionaries? And we weren't living in the same state. He was living here, I think. And you and I were in New Mexico, I think, at the time. And he was like, yes, stop bothering me about it. I'm going to handle it. Don't worry. <laughs> and I was like, fine. That, uh, perfect. Right? I don't want to bother you. You should have just given you. the missionaries his number. Then they would have been on top of it. Well, because I wanted him to take, I wanted him to just, uh, you know, like, yeah, be his yeah. word. And so I was like, great, perfect. And so I go and I pick him up the weekend of our, we were getting married on like Saturday and I picked him up on like a Thursday at the airport and he, I was like, so how did it go? And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I oh like, no. I was like, the discussions, remember you said you promised it would get done before our wedding and we're getting married in two days. And he was like, I just didn't have time. And in that instance, I remember exactly where I was, what we were doing. We were driving. <clears throat> he was driving. And I was like, do I call off this wedding? <laughs> like the thought crossed my mind. Like, this is huge for me. Should I call off the wedding? And then I thought everybody was already there in town. We already paid for everything. Yeah. Yikes. I, it was, I was like, I imagined myself doing it. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't like, I just felt like there was too much pressure. In retrospect, it probably would have saved both of us a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't think the message would have done anything to his stubborn uh, mind, No, but. no, but I think it was just the knowing that I could trust but him. Then we wouldn't have my sister. That's so, so true. And we can't not have my sister. That's right. <clears throat> so anyway, he fast forward like a few years, I think you guys were, you know, young. He took the discussions from a set of sister missionaries. I don't know if you remember. I'm actually friends with her on Facebook. I, have um, no idea. I don't remember that at he all. He took the first discussion, and I think well, it's the restoration, right? Ooh, yeah. look, it's the same pamphlet cover for the past, like, 60 years <laughs> or something like that. It's the white like Jesus that. with a lamb. Yeah. Th there's I a lot like of that theatrics. picture of Jesus. You know why? Because he looks like a hippie, right? He sure. just kind of looks like a, hey, I'm cool. All right, I'm not going to lie. If anyone who's curious, I'm pretty sure if you just search like, yeah, you know, restoration you... pamphlet, like it'll come up immediately. But anyway, a lot of the uh, the mission is theatrics. Really? A lot of theatrics to the mission. Yeah. Like some of the mission presidents made a lot of uh, effort to be like, hold up the pamphlet. Like pull it out of your pocket and oh, what's this? Whoa. Scarves? Yes. <laughs> and my finger's missing. So it starts out. By talking about loving God in heaven and how we're all his children and stuff like that. And how that God wants to bless families with the gospel. So you establish like this whole pattern of how God talks to his children throughout the years. Prayer. Prophets. Prophets. Dang the it. other P. Yes. <laughs> the other P. Prophets. So God <laughs> always speaks to his people through prophets. And prophets do three things. They receive revelation. They tell the people about it. And they're like the interpreters for God. Mm -hmm. basically mouthpieces yes the mouthpieces of god and each of those prophets has the priesthood. problems ah, again so I'm like wrong. here you can discuss because of the priesthood is such like a complex topic normally we just say the authority we don't say priesthood or we just kind of say oh they were chosen of god because people get confused when you hear the word priesthood because they think of priests and they think of like people who have gone to school to school yes and, and that gotten, is a distinction uh -huh. that we cannot have them make mm -hmm. like we can't have them think that so usually we avoid the saying the priesthood which in portuguese is sacerdocio like before we uh we do anything so we, we usually just say authority uh -huh. and then we get on with our lives so do they tell you don't they specifically tell you don't use the word priesthood 
No, they don't. It's in the pamphlet. It's just we've learned through experience that uh, saying that leads to a whole different thing and it gets off topic. Uh-huh. And sometimes it can cut the amount of lessons you can squeeze out of somebody short, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm serious when I say that. Because once somebody is uninterested, they'll start like disappearing on you or ghosting yeah. you and stuff like that. And all a missionary wants is just to get some something to do, like some lessons in the day. Like, right. please... Just right. take our lessons please so yeah we usually avoid saying that until late rest uh, um mentioning that until later mm-hmm. so prophets have this authority from god and when people don't listen to his prophets they kill the prophets and then god doesn't call another prophet until the people are ready to receive a prophet again and so this but if if people don't listen to a prophet god also has been known to kill people do you mention that in your lesson no <laughs> In this case, we call that the apostasy. Mm. When people don't have the truth of God on the earth. Mm-hmm. Apostasy. Remember that people was a quiz later. What about like when God wipes out everybody in the flood? What do you call that? Genocide? We call the time when they reject the Noah apostasy. Right. So I guess that counts. And then we skim over the yeah. part when everyone dies. Well, because I mean, most people already know that. Like most people in Brazil are Catholic. They know yeah. the basic stories But they stories don't like the think Bible. about the details. They don't. Nobody, no Christian really thinks about the details unless you're approaching, um, you know, deconstruction. So eventually God will call another prophet to take their place and the cycle begins again. God calls a prophet. The people are blessed when they listen to him. They reject the prophet. The people don't receive the blessings. Apostasy calls another prophet and the cycle continues. Mm -hmm. So then we get it to Jesus. Jesus was the savior of the world and a prophet. And that's when we start talking about how Jesus established the church. And this is another important point that they have to understand is that Jesus actually established a church. Yeah. Organized with authority and stuff like that. So it's not just something that somebody one day was like, Hey, I'm going to start teaching out of the Bible like, right. or start teaching about Jesus. Like he was organized. That's one of the important points we have to drive. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't really have a church, like in the sense that we think of today. Do you know what I mean? Like people didn't come every Sunday or whatever day, you know, and, and do all these things. Like he was a, like a nomad preacher. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And, and when we say. It wasn't until after he died, I think that it really started to become a church. Like when he left in the hands of his apostles. Right. Well, and then they had to figure out what to do, how to make things work without Jesus, their head, you know, uh, minister. So then they, you know, started like, yeah, you're right. Then it started changing. But when Jesus was on the earth, there wasn't like church. He actually was like, he went against everything Like he kind of was a rebel as far as what everybody was used to the idea of church. He came and shook things up and was like, no, we're going to do it a different way. To me, he was more like a hippie. Like he was hanging out with the people, you know, that were the less desirables who maybe didn't go to church. He didn't have like everybody come to this building on this day and and we're going to worship. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it was a lot more loose. Based off of we taught, I agree. Yeah, right. But, but I'm there's just also, it's... yeah, there's also like, I have a whole bunch of scriptures written down that talk about how organized it was and, and the need for 12 apostles and stuff. Because at the beginning of Acts 1, I'm pretty sure it says that like once Judas died, they needed someone else to take his place. Like why, why would they like be so uh, keen on finding somebody else and laying their hands on him and making him one of the 12? Like, so I use that as proof that, yeah. but there are a whole bunch of scriptures in there that talk about how the church is organized and stuff like that. Yeah. But mostly loose stuff, definitely not as complex as we have today. First presidency and then the 12 and then right. the That all came with then, Joseph Smith. Yeah. 
So then, yeah, Jesus had his church on the earth. He died, was erected. We emphasize, you know, Jesus here because people think that Mormons don't believe in Jesus. Right. So we really have to hammer home that Jesus is the savior of the world and not we Joseph We believe Smith, it too. Which is true. Yeah, we do. I don't know why people think that Mormons aren't Christians. Maybe because we think Jesus was not God. I don't know. But we do believe Jesus is God. We believe he's a demigod, if you want to get specific. No, God, God. Not God, God, like God the Father, but he's God. But he is a God. Yeah. But he is not the God. He's like a demigod. He's half human, half God. He's like Hercules. <laughs> he might be a strong, too. I'm sure there's some connections. You know all these religions that go way back, back, back when. There are there are parallels and connections across cultures and religions. And certain religions have a Jesus-type figure. Anyway. There's a scripture we'd always use to talk about the apostasy. It's in Amos. Everyone get your, uh, everyone get your scriptures Is it Amos out. or Amos? A- okay. I'm, I don't know. I'm doing <laughs> I'm like kind of Portuguese thing here. Anyway. <laughs> Amos 8, 11 to 12. Behold, the day comes, thus saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro, and seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Ooh, scary. And then we're like... And that's supposed to be like today. Mm-hmm, we were like... They, well, they, back in the 1800s. Well, I mean, just in general, after the apostles died. Mm. We talk about the... We even talk about the Protestant Reformation. Really? Yeah, and how that was part of the plan of god the fact that people realize that hey this catholic church ain't you know ain't, ain't just hate hitting like it used to you know <laughs> okay so yeah so protestants basically well catholic is its own thing it's almost it's com- really it's completely its own religion even though it's christianity mm-hmm. it's yeah i didn't realize that. a lot more rooted in tradition and like ritual and stuff mm-hmm. like that um yeah definitely straight far from what's written in the bible mm. I mean, as do all the churches. But well, yeah, the it, Protestants, is the, it is the whore of the earth. <laughs> yes. As said in the scriptures. Um, but yeah, the Protestant Reformation, we talk about that. We talk about how uh, that was all part of God's plan. And, and eventually, you know, we talk about Joseph Smith's time where people were looking for the truth and can't find it. So, And so then that leads right into Joseph Smith. How does that hit when people realize that you're pulling, on, pulling out a, a modern prophet? How do they usually? Because that's like a that's like a strange thing to to say and to truth. believe in. I mean, it, it, you know, it's along the lines of like, oh, there's a there's a UFO waiting behind the moon. We're gonna catch because the, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> strange religions have modern prophets today. That's how the world looks at you see, it. See, that's how we that's why we establish the whole pattern of mm-hmm. how God speaks to his right. children. Because so you can't say, just throw it at him. Yeah. Right? You'd shock him. We call this the great apostasy after all the apostles died. And uh, that leads into him calling a new prophet, right? Because we usually ask them, mm-hmm. which means that God will call. And they said a new prophet. And we're like, exactly. 1820, God called a new prophet named Joseph Smith. But Joseph Smith was just a boy looking for the truth. So much like Brazil... There's so many churches on Brazil. I can't even describe. There are as many bars as there are churches. And they're all Christian though, right? Yes. Yes, aside from a candomblé, an ancient African religion that people usually associate with devil worship, but it's not. Oh, really? Yes. Is it like voodoo? It's like an African religion covered in a Catholic 
uh, covering or like a, a, <laughs> ca- a Catholic yeah. candy covered coated in like a, yeah, covering. a Catholic <laughs> facade. Huh. But yeah, Joseph Smith is looking for a church and we talk about how well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of churches around Brazil, aren't there? There's literally like four or five every street, maybe more, depending on how long the street is. It's like being in Utah with Mormon churches. Well, just imagine like every Mormon church every... being a different like <laughs> denomination completely. And so, yeah, that's easy to relate them with. And like, how do you know which one's the real one? And we usually ask them, so what do you do when you don't know something in like, you know, like about spiritual stuff? Google. And they said pray and oh. like, that's exactly what joseph smith did he you're went just like joseph smith you're just yeah that's our the, prophet yes and, uh, <laughs> that's really the connection you want to drive there he's so just then, a normal guy yeah then he goes into the woods and he prays and then we were taught to memorize this part mm. i remember in portuguese i think like we memorized the whole account from joseph smith history shut not up. the whole account but just oh. the whole part about the first vision like when he saw the people above him but then we're supposed to it's uh, so later on the mission, and we then were supposed do you guys it, like act we, it out? Yeah, we were supposed to make it really dramatic. <laughs> Some people would even have on their little phones a little flashlight, and they turned like the light on on the thing. Shut up! Yeah, but we were taught like, to make it Elder, very dramatic. Turn the lights down. <laughs> we were supposed to make it very dramatic and say it really slowly and like put it up in the air like this. Put it so, up in the air. Yes, they're supposed to hold. You the, should attach a string. Yes, to one it. of the elders was supposed to hold on to it like this, and then maybe. Like, Where did you learn that? It was just some mission culture thing that eventually passed down. It's what one of the mission presidents taught us, which we'll get to later, uh. to do to make it like, because he's like, this is the most important part where they're going to feel the spirit. I want you, you to know? put your gloves on, your white gloves, and bring out the picture. Yeah, but yeah, we would hold this picture up. Yeah. It's Joseph Smith and like some trees and. It's the every, some if very you're Mormon, poorly rendered it. like beings. Two in, personages. In, yeah, in the light. But this yeah. is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. Hear him. In this moment, God and Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith. And if mm-hmm. they have any questions about that, then we kind of blow over that because that's a whole other talking topic. You mean because God and like, Jesus Christ? What? They're like, but there's two people in there. Well, yeah. You know what? There's one missing. Heavenly mother. She ain't involved. Yeah, we never got to talk to any feminists, so we didn't have to go to that. Also, there are like five different accounts of the first vision. Stop. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. But, like, we definitely don't hammer that home, like, as a point. Like, he needed right. to start his own religion. It was more like they told him to wait, and that he would soon be called a prophet to help restore the real... Right. To help return the, the church that was lost back to the earth. Yeah, you got to give him bite-sized things. So, let me go into that. And we usually... I learned to stop the lesson there, but afterwards we go into... Uh, the laying on of hands where he gets the, the priesthood restored to the authority. Restored. And do people think that's weird and the that angels come and, and give them priesthood or no? No. I mean, if you, if you're already accepting that, that Joseph Smith has saw Jesus and God. Well, that's the I thing. guess, we just, you know, I guess that's like nothing. We tell him to pray about it. So have you ever had anyone like you say, okay, pray, pray about, about it. it. Yeah. Pray about it. And does anybody Half the time ever they either forget or they said, I, I didn't feel anything yet. We're like that's okay. We're gonna talk about the Book of Mormon now. Uh huh. Yeah. Because a lot about of that because that's one of the most important pieces of learning about this whole thing is because understanding the truth of the Book of Mormon. Prayers don't always get answered. No, we don't say that. We say <laughs> prayers always get answered. Just you just in the have Lord's to be time. consistent. Yes. Keep and on you have to about really, it. really. It's like that magic eye. This is if true. you cross your eyes just a little bit, you can, you see, can see the, the picture. Book of uh-huh. <laughs> God will talk to you. He's there. I Sometimes see him. it's like that. I see him. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's the first lesson. The most important lesson, the one I taught probably a thousand times, and I'm not kidding. That number a might thousand? actually 
that number might actually be correct. In practicing, in talking to people, in lessons, in talking to people on the street, I probably taught some version of the restoration at least a thousand times. I'm not kidding. That's probably. a lot. And I did my best to talk about that to everyone. Did it ever get like boring? No, because I am very creative and I actually made different versions of the lesson. So then there are other lessons that we didn't get to, like the plan of salvation. The big selling point there is the three kingdoms of glory because a lot of denominations don't have a solution to, okay, well, what about this person that was okay in life? Or what about this person that... Is that something that's really concerning to people? Not until we bring it up. (laughs) They're like, yeah. They're like, yeah, I guess that does make sense. Like, where do they go? Heaven or hell? Because there's only two. I mean, we're talking about a decent person that doesn't didn't like accept Jesus in their life, mm-hmm. but also drank coffee. Like they wouldn't go to hell. So we having the three <laughs> right. options. But you're of, definitely not gonna go to the celestial kingdom if but you I mean, drink coffee. If they, if they have a choice between hell, which is what most Protestants believe, and good, better, and best, yeah, you know, True. good, better, and best all the day. So that would be the plan of salvation. Talk about that. Yeah. Then the gospel of Jesus Christ, I literally just called this the Jesus lesson. <laughs> I put often brought up if I felt the need to teach repentance, the strength in someone's belief in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, why would you feel the need to teach repentance? Because somebody was like needing to repent. Well, were... it's more like just this person had some addiction or they needed to overcome something. or So you would shame them into, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we'd just be like, well, there's a way out of this through Jesus Christ, you know? Mm. I love that lesson because it's very in sync with what I wanted to do. Just help people come unto Jesus instead of being all alone. Restoration. But like something that they can, that would be useful yeah, in and something everyday that, yeah, life. And something right? that they could take and right. easily agree with. And mm-hmm. a message that wasn't so intrusive and more of just. Right. Maybe uh, closer to what they already yeah. believe. Yeah. I liked teaching that. Uh, but we're always pressured to teach the restoration. But it's a lot. Because, it is a lot. Because. Not only am I now believing that there's a modern day prophet and there's a new book of scripture, now I have to change my lifestyle, right? Like now I can't, you know, the word of wisdom, I can't do all these things I'm used to doing. Um, You know, I have to dress a certain way. I have to pay tithing. I bet that's not one that you lead with. No, (laughs) not at all. We get to that one like at the very end. After baptism? It's, it, well, it's the one of the ones like right before baptism. We're like, Surprise! will you just pay 10% of like your income or something? Whatever you earn, like please. Or uh, or something. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about details later. Yeah, that's literally what it's you like. You can't get because, into heaven without it, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's literally what it is. <laughs> because we're just like, man, just like we've spent. It's probably been at least, <laughs> depending on the person, I've only had one instance where it took us two weeks to baptize them. That's because this person was. Is that like, fast or slow? That's fast. Okay, I was like, that seems fast. That's but because I don't know. this person was like, you know, where are you guys? Like, when are you coming over? Like, you know, I want to learn more. She and also couldn't did- read, which made it even harder. Oh. And we did our best to get some members on her side because she w- she was willing to walk like a good mile and a half. Oh, bless. I know, and so we did our best to get her rides, and like uh, we tried, and then we were pulled out. Whoosh, Right. Really quick. And then her support system is gone. That's the saddest part. You know, they, they build a relationship with these missionaries, you know, and usually, you know, two months or three months, they're around maybe longer. And then all of a sudden they leave. You're not encouraged while you're on your mission to really stay connected to the people from your previous area. They said a little bit, but. Right. But it's not. Not too much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, two weeks, really short. Yeah. Rarely happened on my mission. It mostly took months. Usually took months. 
because most people would not even be there. They'd be like, all right, show up it. Well, so in people's defense, you, the only but, thing that you would, guys are doing is, mark the day and the is eating and sleeping and breathing missionary work. And people have jobs and activities yes, and but families. We would mark a time <laughs> with them that they said work best and they wouldn't show up. It's not like we just showed up randomly. Right, right. But like, if you look in my journal, let me see if I can find a day. I would often mark what happened that day. That look at this one. And so there are like blocks of time written down, and inside oh, that people. block of time is uh, a name. Mm-hmm. And circled means that it was confirmed with the person, and not like something that we just said. Oh, we'll stop by. Mm-hmm. And X means that <laughs> <laughs> obviously they weren't there. So on this certain day, I'm pretty sure like all of them are X'd and only our backups and maybe random people we oh, met are, on are the Oh, are the backups right here? Yes. Okay. And maybe people we let we met on like the side of the road that just how happened to let us in while we were going somewhere. Maria, Arayul, <laughs> Marley, rest. You have a little thing that says rest. Gracie, rest. Somebody? Wait, let me see. No, that probably means Hestoration. That probably means restoration. Oh. Let me There's see. a lot of resting going on yeah, in let your me see. <laughs> schedule. No, yeah, that means restoration. I don't know how to say any of these words. They're not like Spanish anyway. But yeah, you can see that literally out of the one, two, three, four, five, five people that we had marked, all of them fell through. Every single one. Hmm. That's the life of a missionary. Rejection. <sighs> yeah. It right? Sucked. Especially because the worst part was when you failed, like when, when you, you couldn't get a, like the first person you had marked didn't work out, then your backups fail. And then you're like, oh my God, like now we have to go knock on doors, which is the most exhausting process Ugh. because knocking on doors means you get rejected and like your confidence is already just down and you're just like, come on, man, I don't want to do this right now. Uh, and you feel like nobody wants to talk to it. Like nobody, yeah, nobody people wants see to us, us coming and they are Yeah, like, they Ugh. locked it. That happens sometimes. I saw somebody in the curtains and I was like, I yeah. see you. And then the way we don't knock on the door. Right. I do that all the time when anybody comes over, but especially anyone from yeah, but church. I'm, I'm good at it. <laughs> I peek out the window. If it's the missionaries, they don't answer. Who is? Oh, tell us about the crazy, the crazy lady. Oh, wait, is that the story about the lady who lifted up her shirt? No, I love that story. It's hilarious. No, no, <laughs> not that one. I'll just summarize it. They met this crazy lady. There was four of you, right? Yeah. She invites them up to their her house. And they think they're going to like help her or do a lesson or something. And then all of a sudden. Well, it's just immediate red flags going up there too. Right. Like the room is dirty. It smells like poop. <laughs> like shit. It literally does. There's like, you know, that feeling where like you walk into somewhere and you can feel the dirt in the mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it felt like. And Aww. there are boxes everywhere. And She was probably a little bit not all there in the head. One thing leads to another and she's like lifts up her shirt right and she doesn't yeah, have a bra or she's anything like, I and all these state, little, i want to show you the state kids. of my body or something all like these that. little kids i say little kids because they're just teenagers they don't know how to deal with it nobody knows how to deal with a situation like that first of all but especially not teenagers and they're just like uh no put your shirt down we gotta go yeah <laughs> and that was how long had you been out in your mission at that point i was still in my training so less than four months yeah that was a shocker yeah, yeah. One of the missionaries was just, and she had must have been caught so off guard that he was just like <laughs> w- eyes wide open. Like he, he just like, looked like he was he's soul left him. 
probably like, I've never seen boobs before. Well, the rest and of I us. especially did not want to see those. Yeah. And then the funniest part was at the end, she was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to entice you guys to have sex with me. And that, that was the last thing on my mind, Honestly, man. That was the last thing on my mind. Luckily, I didn't have that image burned into my head because I, I turned before it even happened. Oh, <laughs> the that, spirit said, yeah, look away, elder. <sighs> Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Other than getting like hugged by drunk people, ah, uh, I never, mean everybody gets I'll never forget the people. smell of beer off of these people. It's such a specific <laughs> smell. Not beer like here. It's different. Oh, really? It's called Itapava. It's very specific smelling beer. Mm. Pretty sure it's an IPA, very strong. But anyway, one of my favorite people that I taught on my mission was this woman named Alba, and she lived in this house by herself. I I can remember I can see the house in my head to this day. It sits on the corner. I remember knocking on her door, her opening it up, and I remember looking at her and being like, Wee. like there's something <laughs> off. Like she looks normal. Oh. But if you look closer, like into her eyes, there's a craziness. There's in a there. little bit of craziness in them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, you know, whatever. We'll teach her. And she's really nice. We walk into her house. There's literally like a a chair that can fit one person in it, <laughs> a wooden stool. And a plastic like bar chair. Other than that, though, it's bare. Walls are bare. She's got her kitchen. There's literally nothing in there besides like coffee. Mm. And yeah, I was like, okay, this is interesting. The floor is cracked up. Like some of the tiles missing. You can see the concrete underneath. I was like, all right, all right, this is fine. We go and sit down. We have a lesson with her. Everything's fine. The lesson goes great. Okay, she invites us to come back. We come back the next day, and it's almost like she has forgotten that yesterday even happened. Oh really? <laughs> She remembers us, but she doesn't remember anything we taught, like absolutely nothing. And all the while, while we're talking to her this time, she's like everywhere talking about random things, random people we've never heard of, like. But she knew who you guys were. Yeah. She remembers us. She called us the señores instead of elderes. <laughs> we're like, it's elder. Do you think she just pretended like she no. didn't remember so I, uh, that you so guys would keep no. coming back and teaching her? <laughs> no, 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 no. You could not make up this level of crazy. Like, oh. I thought about that at first, but the amount of random things she was saying at random tangents she'd uh-huh. go on like you know when somebody isn't making that up uh-huh. plus when you look into her eyes you know how eyes like think of rem rapid eye movement uh-huh. yeah that they would go back and forth yeah it's the craziest thing like you can't even do it on your own like it's just like somebody like had something in her head vibrating and her eyes were just go, oh, like back and forth like that yeah Fast forward, we spent a lot of time at her house getting to know her. You know, I didn't want to give up on her because she was alone in that house. And apparently mm-hmm. her, her family only came by to give her food. And that Aww. was it. So she was very like lonely. Yeah, She rarely left the house. We'd been trying to get her to pray about the Book of Mormon for a long time. Did you think that she had a concept of like I think enough so. grasp to do I, that? See, look, that's what like some of the other missionaries told me. But I was like, no. That, that she couldn't basically fuck you like i'm gonna teach this girl <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna teach this lady because she needs it because i want to help her mm-hmm. you know i want to get her this community that she doesn't have and i want her to you know have this connection with god because mm-hmm. that seems very important for someone as you know alone and lonely as her mm-hmm. so eventually we did i think i wrote about it in my journal i remember i I'd, I'd read that part to you i don't remember where it was but i remember writing one day that we were trying to get her to read the book of mormon and i wanted just a miracle because we were trying to get her to say a prayer too mm-hmm. a simple prayer and every time oh. <laughs> we'd get her to say a prayer we'd both close our eyes and be like okay alba you know can you say the closest prayer she's like yeah of course and then we'd sit there in <laughs> silence for like 
three or four minutes. Would you peek? Yeah. And she <laughs> was just sitting there with her head down. <laughs> She's like, oh, you want me to say it out loud? <laughs> yes. And we said, yes, if you wouldn't mind. And the same thing would happen. <laughs> she do the same thing. She was saying it in her head, maybe? And then she would, like, say something random, like, do you guys want some, like, crackers or something? Like, <laughs> what? But anyway, finally <laughs> it happened. Finally she said her prayer, and it was the most beautiful thing. Was it? It was like everything we had told her that we thought went right through her head just, like, appeared out of nowhere. Huh. Like, um, all of a sudden. Uh-huh. And she said it, like, exactly like she's like we told her. Like, you know, dear Heavenly Father, I was like, What? <laughs> She said a whole bunch of other things, blessing your S and saying your W. Yeah, and I was just blown away. And I wrote about that in my journal. I called it a miracle. We get to the point where uh, my birthday came up and there's this guy that made really good cake outside our uh, our home. So we got cake from him and I had the great idea, you know, let's go over to Alba's and, uh, and celebrate. Mm-hmm. And it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. We went over, <laughs> sat down with her. There was no pressure to give a lesson, mm-hmm. no pressure to do anything like that. We just talked with her and had cake and soda and she enjoyed it, it, it will forever be in my memory is a really sweet memory oh and she had a good time mm-hmm. like she yeah she enjoyed had conversation yep. and oh nice and then eventually we got to the point where she was going to be baptized and it turns out that she was already baptized and the missionaries <laughs> she- had already found her years before and we were talking to the war leader and she didn't remember no. any of it nope and we were talking to the leaders about her and apparently she had been baptized before they tried to integrate her through the ward but she had some beef or something with one of the uh the people there or like oh she had dear. said something probably a result of her craziness but yeah, that shouldn't matter that, yeah but they and they just completely like isolated her like like what kind of christ likeness right? is that I, right i remember telling him like so what like it just you don't even have to bring her to church like right just visit her every once in a while you know like she's she's a crazy lady of course she's gonna say things just be her friend I don't know right what and what what was their response to that they were like it was basically no i mean we can't do anything without the ward support it's not gonna right. amount to anything yeah i mean you could baptize a ton of people but if the ward is like like that so that was a big letdown that we spent all that time right but was that, it though that's, but that's how i was thinking back mm. then is that oh my god we just wasted Wasted. all that time but at the same time i was also like you know what we did help her yeah and when we left the area and came and she helped you like she's made an impression on you you still have those memories you know yeah i'll never forget her but one of the missionaries who would replaced us i remember one day asked me Mm -hmm. if i knew somebody named alba and this is like six months Uh after all after all all that had happened after i'd left i've been gone for six months he's like do you know someone named alba and I was like, yes, why? And he was like, we were stopped in the middle of the street one oh. time by a lady named Alba asking about uh, you and Elder W. <laughs> and I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, they, she's looking for you. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to do. She didn't have a phone. She right. didn't have any access to internet. So did they? What Did they? I told him to go visit her uh-huh. every once in a while. I don't know what happened. Knowing this elder, he probably didn't. But right now, let's jump into uh, the leadership. Leadership. Uh, all right. So first, let me preface this with the fact that I have a journal here. It's, uh, but this is the main one. This one is filled with all the stuff from the MTC, uh, all the the practice and stuff that we did with with teaching. This is where I came up with most of my like teaching uh, methods, contact methods. What do you mean contact? What do you mean contacts? When you stop someone in the street. Oh, okay. Just off the bat. And, you know, try and get them to give you your contact. Give them your contact so you stop somebody in the street 
Yeah. Oh, and so your idea was, what can I, what kind of well, things can, can I... Can I ask to make it interesting, to oh, make them interested okay. in, and want a follow-up lesson? Mm-hmm. So there are things I came up with, like, did you know that Christ established a church while he was on the earth? Like, uh, why are there so many churches? That's a big one. Where is the church of Christ now? The one that was in the Bible. Oh, mom, where is it? It doesn't exist. No, no, no. It does exist. It does. It's called the Mormon church. It's called the church of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Stuff like that. There's other stuff like, uh, oh, do you believe that Christ resurrected physically or spiritually? Apparently, that's a big thing that people are debating about. Did Christ resurrect spiritually or physically? Both, right? I mean, isn't that what Mormons believe? Yeah. Most people believe that he just resurrected spiritually, whatever that means. So his physical body didn't come back. And then we say, did you know you could be uh, resurrected as well? They don't know that he's like, Jesus is really a zombie. People don't realize that he is resurrected in his perfect form. Apparently that was a big thing that people didn't know that they could be resurrected too. People don't believe, or and other religions believe that they c- oh, really? they won't be resurrected. That's not a standard Christian belief. I don't think so, not from what I observed. See, these are the things you don't realize when you grow up Mormon. So I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff from leadership conferences when I was a ZL, a zone leader, and uh, like things given by the mission president. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. So I had three mission presidents, which is highly unusual, but it's what happened. First mission president had health problems, went home. That's Second right. mission president was a med- intermediary, and the third mission president was the one that was going to stay. So the first one, apparently, from the trainers that I ran into, based off what they said and like the tactics that they'd use, it turned. I think he had really influenced those missionaries to use a lot of salesman tactics. Do you know if he was Brazilian or? No, he was American. Okay. I wish I could remember what those tactics actually were, but I can't. Probably because I like purge them from my mind. So the salesman tactics didn't fit into what uh, I believed I was there on the mission to do. Yeah, that's all I remember writing down about him. The second mission president I wrote down was all about praying, revelation. Uh, There were stories circulating about him. I'll call him President T. Mm -hmm. uh, About him receiving these crazy revelations on missionaries that had done things that were like really bad. And then the president just knew shut up yeah he sent them home. <laughs> what a scare tactic like in in the interviews he would just like knew he's he like, looked at you you have a big he was like he had like a scanner in his eye sinner you are a sinner you have been scanned and you have been found wanting the spirit has revealed to me that you are a sinner elder it has been decided that's so silly. Thus saith the mission but president. I mean, but it's not like I like it sounds silly, but that's when you grow up in in the church, the some spirit of discernment. These. Yeah, some people have yeah, these crazy some, like applications of the spirit. That's something that you're kind of taught. That's why when you go into a bishop interview or worthiness interview, you think that they're looking into your soul. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. you think that they can tell. Looking back, he was crazy. So he had this huge document. It was like forty pages that he would give to missionaries and he would send to the whole mission about miracles happening through faith. It was a huge compilation of scriptures and talks that uh, talked about manifesting things into reality through faith, almost like a superpower. Like if you're able to master this technique of manifestation through faith, you could make just about like anything happen. Mm. It was crazy. It was a big document. It had a lot in it, a huge amount in it. And it, I and remember thinking to read like, it all. You said by the end of your mission. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I never did. It was a lot. I think eventually I used the pages to write things on the back. (laughs) 
we made a small campfire. You're taught that they've been set apart and yes. that they speak directly for yeah, the Yeah, there's Lord, just basically. a lack of humility, I feel like, at least uh, personally. Yeah. At least in, in my mission. Maybe not in others. But in my mission, I feel like there was a huge lack of humility when it came to I received revelation. Like, it was more like, this is what the Lord has told me and what I say is as if the Lord has said it himself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that type of attitude. Right. Uh, so basically, when you get into the mission, like, you go to the mission president's house first and he shows you. We get, like, a little presentation from him. You eat some good food and you meet your future companion. And so I remember he set up this graph. It's basically you a, wrote a, it down like yeah, a good it's, missionary. It's basically a graph with uh, a line like on a graph, just yeah, like forty-five degree. Yeah, angle. forty-five degree angle, just going straight mm-hmm. up. Well, not straight up, but at an angle up. Yeah, it's like a hill. And the first one says <laughs> the ministry of Jesus Christ, uh-huh. and like it's basically a graph showing the amount of effort that Christ put into His mission. He didn't fall like you know whoa i'm putting this much effort or like i'm gonna uh, increase the amount of effort i do christ put in consistent consistent increasing increasing 100 effort well yeah because at the end of his ministry he He died died. (laughs) is that what they're saying i don't know (laughs) like you have to climb up this hill and be and be ready to die at the end yeah if that's what's asked of you the bottom is the months 18 16 24 that's like the amount of work you should be putting and should be ever the, increasing and ever But at constant. the end of your mission, you're like, uh, you're losing steam. Nope. And we'll get into the reasons why they told us that we shouldn't be losing steam. Because that's what everybody bit. does. Because it's natural human nature. No, because God qualifies those he calls. Oh, my God. They use that on me, too. He'll when qualify. I was called to primary president and i was doing all those things basically sit down and shut up and do your job yep so there's this lingo on the mission that i realized other missionaries had like uh you call someone your son Uh like elder w was my son because i trained him right okay and elder c and elder s were my well the other elder s they were my fathers my dads (laughs) your two dads yeah because they trained me (laughs) He was getting rid of that lingo because he thought it wasn't in the handbook. So we were discouraged from... The mission president? Yeah. So we weren't allowed to say that anymore. Oh, brother. Because it was... So it's not like he said it was chasing away the spirit. But it's like, you know, it's a negative connotation. So what else could it possibly be? Well, it's like the current prophet and we can't say Mormon anymore because it's literally offending God. But we've said it for a long time. I know. But now that there's a new prophet, right? Like each prophet or each mission president has their own has their own agenda. All right. So another thing was always carry a Book of Mormon in your hand. And I wrote this like in your hand, in your hand, not even on your person in your hand. What if you in your hand, but I in your hand, (laughs) if it's not in your hand, then you're sinning. (laughs) If you're not in your hand, then you're not inviting the spirit that the mission president has said would come to you if you have it in your hand. You know what they say about a Book of Mormon in your hand. Yeah. And I wrote, although that sounded like a tactic at first, it quickly became doctrine and was unrealistic because although the amount of Book of Mormons we had were infinite to say, carrying a book in your hand all day would make the book look really beat up. And I realized that quickly that carrying a book all around every day in the sun in my hand, my sweaty hand for like months on a time because we didn't always give out the Book of Mormons all the time. The book would get beat up and eventually be unusable and I just put it on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> How many did you end up having on a shelf? <laughs> I, have a, I brought back a couple with me. All those beat up Book of Mormons, uh-huh. like the single ones. It That's was so weird. Annoying. With, with, as far as that goes, did you, was there ever a point where you were like, this is bullshit? Like, no. No. You were just like, this is what they asked, so this yep. is what we do. Yep. Yeah. I was like, this is what Obedience. I do. Finding in the hand. Yep. Here's another one. 
Finding the elect. What do you think that means? Like people who are ready to receive the gospel. Oh, yeah. So you did know that one. Okay, yeah. For me, it came across as really judgmental as the mission. Yeah, right. Like, like oh, they're preordained. These people aren't elect. Like they must not be elect because they're not uh-huh. accepting this message as fast as like. But also it sounds like they're preordained. The elect. Yeah. And you have to find them because they're out there. They're out there. So you better not miss job. talking to that random right. person on the bus that's sitting over there. Oh, brother. Another one. Oh, yeah. This is what I was talking about. Leisha would often talk about uh, in a boastful or, in my opinion, prideful manner, like they had the power to command the heaven and the earth. But to me, it came across as naive, unrealistic, crazy, and even disrespectful to God. All right. Another thing that they said to us, the time to prepare for the second coming was yesterday. The time to work is now. You're either dedicated to the work or you leave. But they don't let you leave. You no, you're do something bad. I think you can just go home, but they'll try everything in their power to keep right. you going. Right. Not, they're not going to make it easy. You never get this opportunity again. That's true. I mean, they're not wrong. Are these the things that you wrote down in your Yeah, journal? these are from the things like, in devotionals and stuff. It's not casual time. What does that mean? Or less it's than discipline time. time. Don't like just dilly Is dally. Is that lost in tra- translation? <laughs> it's not casual time. That's such a weird way to put it in English. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did translate that one weird. <laughs> it's not casual time. <laughs> yeah, less than discipline time. Do not waste time. <laughs> Don't you think that's such awkward English? I think that's Jeffrey R. Holland that wrote that. Really? I'm pretty sure. It's not casual time. Or less than discipline time or something along those less lines. Less than discipline time. Okay. I mean, I time. see what they're saying. It just sounds so strange. Yeah, like probably. I put it in Google Translate and then that's what it told me to say. <laughs> Salvation is not a cheap experience. Salvation is not achieved experience. No, a cheap. Oh, a cheap. Okay. That makes more sense but also sounds like so much work it sounds so daunting you're gonna have to pay at least 10 percent, but also all your hard work and uh, time and talents all right now here's some of the field stuff following up with people call them every day if you shut have to. up why would somebody encourage someone else to do that that's what i ran into with elder b uh, he would be and guess what who ran out of minutes because we had limited minutes on our phone and guess what happened when we ran out of minutes couldn't call our investigators anymore and i told him <laughs> i was like we need to stop calling people all these Every times day. especially these people who we know aren't interested right he's like but what if they are it's like bro we're about to la- waste all of our minutes on <laughs> calling these are? people <laughs> yeah. if they were they would call you they would answer the phone yes let's let's put the time into using these minutes because we're already zls we already <laughs> have to call other missionaries on their phones Oh, no. Like, so what would happen if you ran out of minutes? That was it? Yep. They wouldn't put more minutes on your phone? We just had to wait till the next period. Oh, my goodness. But we had a lot of minutes. Like, we had a lot. He would but what them. he would do is, the, like, the missionaries that were in our home with us, they were, you know, they wouldn't use their phone as much. So he'd just use their phone. And I was like, <laughs> you're ridiculous, man. <laughs> ridiculous. I really need to know what he's up to now. Following up with people. Call them every day if you have to. Always follow up. Be sad and seem sad when the investigator does not complete a commitment. I thought that was such a childish thing to do. Like, that is... what are they, a children? Oh, you didn't read the Book of Mormon. I am sad. I am very sad that you did not read the Book of Mormon. You're missing out on such amazing books. Like, to them, they're probably like, what are you talking right. about? <laughs> they're like, yeah, what are you talking weirdo? about? Weirdo, I don't even know you and you're thought, sad about what I'm doing. <laughs> I always thought that was weird and I never liked doing that manipulative is what it is i never did that too i was never like appeared sad i was just like told them you know the blessings that you're like do it or don't do it no (laughs) yeah i just told them by the end of my mission that was basically what it was i turned into was like you do it or you don't do it 
you know, there's like no in between. I sound like Yoda. Yeah. There is no try. Or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah. Did I you do. use the voice? Because I think they would appreciate that. No, oh, I was so serious. I was like stoic, stone man. Yeah, you were serious. All right, another thing. Uh, this is a, a rule that came up uh, with the third mission president. No, actually, no, was it the third or second? I think it was the third mission president. <laughs> 8.30, you needed to be in your missionary clothes. Like 8.30 in the morning. Yes. You, you need to be, to be in be your missionary clothes. Yep. In them. And beginning your study. And not doing that would be going against the, the direction of the mission president. Of the spirit. A.K.A. the Lord. Yeah. Another thing. Doing the simple things to make miracles happen. So basically even more micromanaging. That oh, was like Lord. became the theme of the mission one time. Small things make big things happen. Like what? If you're not doing the small things, like doing what the mission president said and reading your scriptures and practicing then you wouldn't have the spirit, the full power of the spirit to be with you. So if you don't micromanage your life, guys, completely to every single tiny little detail, and if it isn't perfect, then there's no miracles. No miracles. Gonna Guess happen. what? There's no fucking miracles anyway. <laughs> Even if you do large things. <laughs> when was the last time a miracle happened? <laughs> if I'm going to do all of this, if I'm going to do all of this micromanaging and all these things and mark off all these boxes, I better have some huge miracles in my life you see that that's what led me like that's what tired me out on the mission is i'm like <laughs> what more can i right do? it's exhausting what more can i do man but guess what there miracles may come and they may not they it's may not, not up to you yeah, it's, it's up, up to, to the me. lord but see they say that but then they also don't really mean right. it but they do but at the same <laughs> but, time right it's, it's so it makes your brain hurt right i mean that 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 um, phrase that you just said, I mean, we, we all know, we all know, and even whoever said that knows, miracles aren't guaranteed. Yep. <laughs> they just aren't, but they say it anyway. But it sounds great. Right, but they say it anyway because, well, oh, well, you never know. They could be. All right, the next <laughs> thing is uh, he defined the, uh, the definition of a lesson. Was your mission just like, were people on your mission like really bad because he had to like do all this stuff? I don't know. Define Maybe. a lesson because people were going. Well, I guess because, yeah, they were putting like marking. Well, I'm sure they would just mark down talking to someone as, as a, a lesson. lesson. Anyway, uh, he defined it as this. A prayer in the beginning and a prayer at the end with a principle taught. That is a lesson. And if you didn't have a prayer in the beginning, and if you didn't have a prayer at the end, and you didn't teach a principle in the middle... Then it wasn't a lesson. So what we'd end up doing is meeting people being like, can we have a quick prayer with you? Shut up. Sometimes we would get desperate if we wanted to hit our goal. Okay. Did they think that was weird? Or Probably. in Brazil, people always, Probably. you didn't even care. You were we'd just be like, like, can we have a quick lesson with you? Do you mind if we start with the opening prayer? Cool. Get a prayer. <laughs> got into the lesson a little bit. Taught them something. It could On be anything. street? <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. And we'd be like, do you mind if we could bless you on your day? Yes. Okay. Say a prayer at the end. Boom. That's what it got to. Oh my gosh. What is even the point and of I that? And I didn't want to do that all the time. So right? like we didn't always meet our goals because I thought to myself, like, I'm just really cheating. Like this is Right. Here. This is just I'm just marking a box. Yeah. And I didn't want to be like that. But that's so what they some push days you to I do. Would, you would see, but some days I would end up with zeros. Yeah. You know, in in the lessons taught or, or not meet our goal. All because I wanted to be an honest person. And guess right. what? I was punished for it because <laughs> I didn't reach my goal. And they'd ask me. You know what happened this week? How come we didn't reach your goal? Well, you want to know why, man? Because I don't cheap the fucking system. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I feel weird blessing everybody on the street. Yeah. Let's play a game. <laughs> How many prayers do you think a missionary says in a day? Is it A, 100, B, 4, <laughs> C, 20, or D, 10? 
We'll find out soon. Yeah. The other thing was numbers help people to know where they should improve. So your goals, uh-huh. people meaning missionaries. Goal. Yes. They're not a set goal. It's just there to help you know where you need to do better. Where we, No, it's just there so that we know as where leadership you where you need to do better. Oh, then we, he made us read a, a page of the mission manual every day so that we could remember all the rules, which was kind of helpful, especially. And you did it. I did. I feel like we got to this point with the third mission president where he, I felt bad, where he was just like, what? They must have been on his back or something. He, he was like, why? Why why is now why aren't we succeeding? Aww. Like, because I felt like that's what the, uh, I remember this one specific uh, leadership conference that we went to was basically like that. He'd put up this, like, this uh, sad face. No, this chart. <laughs> and he was like, why is our mission not getting, like, the baptism? Poor guy. I wonder if he's deconstructing. <laughs> he's Probably like, not. I've done all of this work and I've prayed and I've beat these boys into submission and I still have and don't he was have like, the Is numbers. It because we don't study. Do we need to study more? Study more and practice more because obviously we aren't convincing enough, right? Convincing? Because, well, no, because that's not what he said, but but like he had told the or he had written in one of his leadership things like, you know, we need to study more and practice more. And I was like, what is that going to do? I thought we were teaching by the spirit, not practicing our tactics so that we could convince the person. So we could trap people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is the information going to do? I thought we talked through the spirit. Smoke and mirrors. (sighs) And the mission president, he'd write stuff like the mission president holds the keys to receive revelation for this mission. Don't you forget it. uh Uh-huh. And then we have difficulties. Don't let those beat you down. Don't let them make you discouraged. Overcome these difficulties. God will help you. The mission isn't easy and it's going to ask more of you. Meaning, basically like meaning i'm gonna ask for every drop of energy yeah, that you basically have basically just like this is gonna be hard but soak it up but guess what soak it up buttercup <laughs> we got is, a long way to go this is your life i own you we got a long way to go god damn it better get your <laughs> shit together brother uh let's see don't talk bad about the area the members the work the zone leaders or anyone <laughs> or anyone <laughs> <laughs> it means on the mission so like, don't be like, oh, this area is really bad or, mm-hmm. you know, but those Keep things get around yourself. anyway. Yeah. Those things get around anyway. Don't worry about things outside the mission. All your concern should be within the mission. Lack of faith comes from a lack of focus. Oh my goodness. That's just saying. Like, I wrote these straight out of like, I didn't come up with these. These were straight out of my little book here that I right, wrote that from, you from the power of the slide uh-huh. that, that we were given. A lack of faith comes from a lack of fo- focus just means don't think critically about anything. That's what it sounds like to me. All right. Another one. Iniquity prevents baptism. <laughs> <laughs> is that for you or is that for people you're teaching? Just in general, everyone. I, I think it was for the mission. Everyone needs to know. I think it was for the mission. Oh, so if you're know. a sinner, then you're not going to get baptisms. But it happened anyway. I know of missionaries oh, that yeah, would do not did. like super bad stuff, but they would break mission rules. Or they would like because that's how life play works. video games or you know watch TV. Or something. In what in what reality do quote unquote bad people or people who are sinning go around and get immediately punished or see a, an immediate consequence to their actions? Um, let's see. There was other things that made ZLs do like we had to ask people for five people to pray for or like from members like you know who's someone that we need to pray for or something like that I don't know, at the end of a meal. And then we would do when we'd call and in. And would you? Of course you would. Yeah. When we call in with the, the district leaders, we would ask them if there's any investigators that we need to pray for, you know, that they would give us and we'd pray for them. So what were those prayers like day. at the end of the day? We'd write down what they needed and then we... And then as you prayed, you would just look at your list? Yeah. Is or that how prayers work? Yes. 
<laughs> Is that, you're like, dear heavenly father. And then you get out your Open list. one eye. Uh, forgive me. I don't, I don't have these memorized. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, father, we would look. We'd have a board. Bless, we had a big whiteboard. And please bless put it up John there. and Joe and Abram and Sally. Yeah, and Abram. And, and we try and remember, and I would try to remember, so I wouldn't have to look. But, but Sally P. And Sally M. Yep, and Sally M. <laughs> So that they and you know can, what they need, so that they can become baptized, or so that the elders can teach them what they need to to become baptized, because they have a date on this day. Did it work? Yeah, obviously <laughs> it wasn't impressionable enough for me to be like, yes, it did. Actually. It did. We prayed, and every then single the, one And of then them. right when we said amen, we got a phone call saying that saying they were that they get were baptized. Were gonna be baptized. Yeah, <laughs> and the next week we got a phone call. No, no, it was I mean, never it that happened at about huh? the consistency of what you would consider like statistical. Mm. Causes. It's probably because you guys were sinners. Yeah, probably because I. Wasn't out of my bed and praying by six thirty one. Yes. All right. So I, this brings me to that one that one time where he was like, "What's wrong with our mission?" So he <laughs> he had like the two categories and he had and, a power. He made us. Yeah. He, about he, he how was sad like he was. He was like, "What could keep, be keeping the mission from succeeding?" And like he told us to put what we thought on the left Did side. Did anybody ever like raise their hand and be like, "Because the church isn't true"? No. Oh, dang because it, that would be hilarious. the people that were in the zone conference were the brainwash of the brainwashed uh, and you were right in there with i them. was i was up there i don't mean to brag but i was pretty well known in the mission <laughs> i don't mean to brag but um people had said based on on that list they would say lack of faith lack of desire it's become a routine i think i mentioned that one Re- ability to teach more practice attending to the people's needs ability to teach meaning like you're not a good teacher yeah okay getting the information across maybe i don't know Practices, attending to the needs of the investigator, obedience, diligence, enthusiasm, search for the spirit, pray for more faith, make goals and commitments. Like maybe we were bad at that stuff. I don't know. I remember the that. language never came up. Like maybe no. it's a no, because we're speaking the language of the Lord. Yeah. The true gospel. Um. Then there was Sister T, who I mentioned was a lifesaver. Mr. T. Sister T. I Oh, okay. Sister T, who was the <laughs> wife of President T. Oh, okay. The third mission president of uh-huh. my mission. And she was the lifesaver. She was the act, the one mission president's wife, I guess. She was the first uh, one that ever actually seemed to care about, like, missionaries' health. Oh. And, like, how they felt mm-hmm. and, you know, like, how they were doing aside from right. just hammering Being away. workhorses. Yeah. So she would, there was a bulletin that would be sent out in an email and... <laughs> Let's see what I wrote here. I will ever, I will ever be grateful for her. She would post things in the bulletin, like recipes on how to make things, what to do if we feel sick, things to buy or to do if we feel stressed, a nice change of pace from the berating of the mission. Oh, bless her. Yeah. But then she also mentioned in one of her talks that calling the zone leader is not bate papu, bachi papu, which means like small talk or catching up talk, uh-huh. which I disagreed with. And that was probably like the one mission rule that I broke then was uh, that cause you probably were like, why I didn't get stupid. baptisms. That's probably why. I mean, I did. I, I baptized four people, but that's a small number apparently from the, uh, I'm, I'm just about like 40, 45 off <laughs> from what I should have had. <laughs> that's right. Like, do you feel like being treated like a number, right? Like just another missionary that kind of really contributed to your disenchantment with the whole. Um, yeah, there was a lot of impersonal things that happened that made the mission feel very uh, stale yeah because it's a culture it's definitely a culture thanks for waiting and now for the answer for that one question 
How many times does a missionary pray every day? If you guessed D, 10, <laughs> which I think it was. <laughs> I'm like, how do you remember that it was D? <laughs> it's ten at times? least 10 times. Okay. So here in we go. Day. There's a prayer when you wake up. Makes sense. A prayer when you go to sleep. Prayer when you leave the house. Wait, when you leave the house in the morning? Yep. Pray or when any you time come back. you leave the house? Yep. Anytime you leave, if you really want to be on top of it. Uh-huh. So pray when you leave. Pray when you come back. Prayer before you eat. Prayer at the end of your, when, like when you leave the member's house, most likely. Mm-hmm. Prayer at the beginning of the, of the lesson. Prayer at the end of the lesson. Lessons can happen three or four, five times mm. every day. That's a, like an immediate 10 right there. Mm-hmm. Anytime you eat, too. Yep. Not just. <laughs> prayer before personal study. Prayer at the end of personal study. Prayer before companion study. Oh, my God. Prayer at the end of companion study. <laughs> prayer before language study. Prayer at the end of language study. Are you serious? Yep. When you do monthly planning, depending on how many lessons you have in the day, I'd say it's between. And how often you eat. <laughs> yeah, and how often you eat and how many times you come back to your house. Oh my it's probably gosh. within 10 to to 30. That sounds exhausting. And God's probably like, okay, Stop. okay, okay. That's enough. I get it. So you could get hit by a car if you don't pray before you leave your house. What if you needed that little bit of extra faith juice to uh, have the spirit influence That's that one right. person? And there's a lot of common themes that I noticed in all of this stuff which is like this is only a little bit of time sacrifice everything because it's not that long you only get this chance once it isn't easy it never was no need for breaks the remedy to exhaustion on the mission was always suck it up and don't worry about it and god will take care of it but i just know that missionaries weren't actively encouraged to like take a break or anything (laughs) the good remedy for a broken leg is walking on it (laughs) (laughs) right shake it off yeah Mm -hmm. taylor swift she's super smart that's that's literally how it, that's actually Mormon. a great analogy for the mission the for the ideology of a mission the greatest way to heal a broken leg is to walk on it <laughs> is to pray and then walk it off yeah uh, like for for those who are i guess maybe listening that have come home or recently come home or even like came home let's see it's been what two years for me <laughs> i felt <laughs> that writing my thoughts out has helped uh-huh. especially when it comes to dealing with like the feelings that i felt just writing it out and seeing it and being able to like organize and formulate those feelings into something that I felt described how I felt really helped me out. Yeah. Uh, freeing myself from the idea that my life should be controlled by some abstract rule, you know, that I didn't fully understand or that, you know, like I felt was r- really restrictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, letting my curiosity rule and find out for myself, like the church taught me, you know, if, if how, if, if what I'm being taught is right or not, you know, find doing out. my own research instead of relying on other things right i think that's become a big part of my personality my roommate can tell you <laughs> he's he, i remember him saying that like uh, you don't believe in anything like but the truth is i don't believe in anything people say to me especially if i don't trust them mm-hmm. and if i don't know them or have a good reason to think that what they're telling me is true i'd rather find out for myself right well and isn't it ironic that the church teaches you to find out for yourself but they don't teach you to search everything they just say search the scriptures or search, you know, the church website and pray, you know, but like, I think I told you before, like I always research whatever before I decide on anything, whether it's a vacuum or a coffee maker or whatever. And I never showed like the church any sort of, I didn't show it the same critical thinking, you know, and it wasn't until I like researched that I actually found stuff. I was like, Oh, uh, you know, everything isn't all rosy and and all that. And you can 
actually hear more about that in our February 20-something episode, <laughs> uh, Nexus Story with my son. Uh-huh. Actually, great episode. It's a great episode. Great episode. For those of you who are actually curious, that, that is probably gets more into the overcoming the mission part if mm-hmm. you're interested in that. Yeah, for those who are listening who uh, want to go or are considering going. Or have somebody in their life that might be thinking about going. Yeah, or, yeah something like that depends on like where you are in your journey with the church you know ask yourself if you have a strong conviction that the church is true even if someone tries to convince you otherwise personally if i were to go back in time despite no longer being a member of the church i would go again it was too important of an experience uh, and i probably would still be in the church if i wasn't if it wasn't for the mission that's why i say if you truly believe in the teachings of the lds church then you have to go on a mission because you need to put yourself up to that test to see how the church beliefs stack up in the real world. Mm. And if your interpretation of the LDS teachings can handle that. Right. Because you'll never get a chance to see the church in this type of light ever mm, in your life. That's such a good point. Yeah. So if you really believe in the church, then go on a mission. Because that will be the true test of right. whether this is going to be real for you or not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, too... Like, if you're going to go, go with your eyes wide open. Go in to the mission field and the mission culture with your eyes wide open. That's the best way I can describe it, you know, Um, because then, you know, then there's nothing surprising you or like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, the good and the bad. Go into the mission as you are now. Experience it like how you are now. Mm. Like, don't set yourself up with that doubt beforehand by Mm. researching all this stuff if you don't think you'll ever go on a mission and you are a member now then start looking up things that the church doesn't want you to know like look up those primary sources of documents that the church is like that shows that the church is blatantly racist or stuff like that right you know lying about other things or the ces letter or a letter to my wife like there's a few things out there that really uh, you know bullet point um questions and have fair responses you know If you're not going on your mission, then do that. Put yourself up to the test now because otherwise you'll just remain in that ambiguity. If you are going on your mission, go on your mission. See how you feel. Like, don't do any prior research unless you really, really want to. Go on your mission fresh. Experience it for yourself rather than planting that predetermined doubt in your mind. Mm -hmm. Experience it for yourself. Come back. Evaluate your feelings. and Because then you'll have, based off of experience, Right. you know, your feelings and yeah but you know not, nothing replaces experience no research yeah. could ever replace experience i feel like so that's too, what i would recommend i feel like it's important to understand that you um you do it with your with a, a perception especially on a mission that there is a mission culture and that when you go you're going to be submerged in the mission culture which is different than your home your experience at home going to church and your experience living in your ward, right? It's completely different. So you're going to be completely submersed like you were right in this mission culture of work, 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 numbers, 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 teach, teach, teach. It's completely different than the culture at home. So I think if you know that it might be a less of a culture shock. Yeah. And even so, it's still going to be a shock. But at least you know that it's coming. Because before you went on a mission, I think a lot of people, all of the uncles that you talked to, they left out a lot of that part of the mission. I mean, that's even coming back from my mission. And when I was still kind of indoctrinated, even talking to like my younger cousins who hadn't Mm -hmm. gone yet, like it's almost like, (laughs) like, 
I can't, you know. Yeah, I, like I, I don't want to badmouth it or I whatever. can't tell them, you know, you're like, I can't. Like, I'll say it's hard, but, you know, it was really hard. The hardest thing I've ever done. But that doesn't portray. Right. It doesn't half. even begin to tell you. I mean, a quarter, I think a minuscule part. It's so important that you're just honest. But uh, uh, the biggest thing I'd recommend would be define who you are now. Define what you want to do on the mission mm-hmm. now. And make sure you are strongly convicted in that. Because one of the things I want to do was just help people, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be this missionary that was trying to baptize everyone I saw. Right. right. But uh, definitely define what you want to do on your mission before you leave and be convicted to that because the mission will try and change you. If you want to go there to help people, remember that because people will try and convince you that you're there to baptize people mm-hmm. and you're there to help them by baptizing them. Just don't lose focus. If you are comfortable with where you are now in terms of the church, then <laughs> do as you please, but know that your fear is a sign of a lack of faith in the teachings of the restored gospel oh. because in any light you look at it, the truth will forever be the truth. You just threw down the gauntlet. I did. I prepared <laughs> that one. But it's true. You were just like. If the truth really is the truth. It'll still be no the truth. no matter what you do, no matter what research you do about the church, even if you aren't searching for things on the church website. So go do your research. Because if you really had faith in Jesus Christ and the LDS church and its teachings and its gospel, then nothing, not even the facts that, that are there are going to change you. Yeah. Are right. going to change the truth. And if you somehow come out of that. Knowing that that's the truth and good for you. That must be, but I couldn't do it. Right. Well, and you know what? And a lot of people figure out how to live in a gray area with the church or, you know, in a nuanced way. They could. I I couldn't do that anymore. Right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Grab your socks and your Crocs and (laughs) make sure you got your Book of Mormon in your hand because we're headed out. We're headed out. Hold on to your hats and glasses. Yep. Anyway, guess what? I did get the website up and running. So <gasps> you might want to check that out. You can um, listen to a, um, an episode and comment. So I think that's like a new thing that we haven't really done yet. So I'm interested to see if anyone's interested in doing that. Thanks for uh, joining me. Of course. Giving giving my Nevermo a break. We'll have you back. And um, all y'all, have a good week. Bye. Bye.